0: I want to talk to you today about trust. Trust. It is such a wonderful thing if you have it, and it's such a bad thing if you don't have it. Trust in the world, trust in each other. And today I want to talk to you about trust in the Lord, how we trust in the Lord. Now trusting someone is, it means that you think they are reliable. You have confidence in them, and you feel safe with them physically and emotionally. That is a definition I found for trust. It is thinking that people are reliable. If you think this morning, and you think about trust, and somebody's reliable, is there a name of somebody that comes up into your mind straight away? So in other words, yeah, Jesus. But I I think outside of that, just in your everyday life, is there a name that will jump up in your mind and go, that person is trustworthy. And why would you say that? Because somewhere in your relationship with that person, he or she did something which was reliable. They are reliable. That is the person you can pick up on the phone and at any stage of the day, day or night, you can call them up and you know they will react. Reliable. In other words, you will then say, I trust that person. Why? Because they are reliable. You will have confidence in them. And that confidence makes you feel safe in their environment. It makes you feel safe when you want to trust something in their environment. That is what trust is all about. You will feel safe physically and emotionally, let me say this morning here in Melbourne, this morning there's a lot of people who do not feel safe physically because they do not trust their environment where they're in. There's a lot of people here in Melbourne this morning, and maybe in this room this morning, who might not feel emotionally be safe because they do not trust the people who are in that emotional environment of them. Because we are living in a world of low trust, isn't it? We look at the governments of this world. I'm not only talking even about the government of Australia. I'm talking about the governments of the world. How much trust can you put in the governments of the world today? Come on, you tell me. So why? If we look at our definition this morning, are they reliable? No, we, we look at it and we shake our head. Maybe one or two people in a party is reliable. But if you look at it as a whole, every single listen, it's every single country under the sun this morning I'm talking about. I'm talking about every government. Can you trust them these days? No, because they are all in it for themselves. It's not about the person next to them. It's not about you and me. It's about themselves. So we're living in a world where we can't even trust our government leaders. And there's some churches, let me say this this morning, that you can't trust. Even the church you can't trust this morning. For the same reason that man is in it for himself. It's all about me. It's all about what ministry I can build for myself so that my name can shine up there in the lights. And we shouldn't be shocked about this because it was warned, pre-warned for us by the apostles when they said, John himself said that false teachers will come and false apostles will come into the world. And you know what it's doing? It's only breaking down the trust in the church. Let me say this also. The church of Jesus Christ is healthy. There's nothing wrong with the church of Jesus Christ. But when I talk about the church that you can't trust, it's a church of the world. There's a distinction you can make. So there's not a lot of trust, it's a low trust world, isn't it? And I want to say this morning that we can't even really trust some of our friends. And some of our family. That's shocking to say, isn't it? And again, if we take our definition this morning, you think about those people, are they reliable? And do you have confidence that they will make you physically safe and emotionally safe? It's a low trust world we're living in. In Jesus' own words when He was sitting with His disciples, the last passage in Matthew chapter 24, He says the following. He says, And then many will be offended. Many will be offended. Let me put it to you in context. Today many are offended by the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, by the message of Jesus Christ. Many are offended. If you stand up on the world stage now and you proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, what will happen? They'll throw you with bad words. They'll throw you if they have rotten eggs and rotten tomatoes. People are offended. But it's not only the word of Christ that offends people these days. The small things offend people. Small things. We're living in a very aggressive world today with no trust. He says, and then many will be offended and they will betray one another. Is that true? They will betray one another and will have, will hate one another. How many, how many times have you heard the last week the word hate being used? They will hate one another. This is describing our world we're living in today. And it was written back, back then, Jesus Christ himself said this word. He said that many will hate their mother. So you put the opposite of trust and you get hate, distrust. He says they will hate one another, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Is this happening in our day? It is happening in our day. Many false prophets are coming up. What is the antidote to false prophets? Come and you tell me. The Word of God. You test every spirit you've got, dear friend. Test it to the Word of God. If it goes contrary to the Word of God, don't believe them. Run away from them. And then he says in verse 12, And because lawlessness will abound, the life of many will grow cold. And that is so true. Lawlessness is abounding. Man, I'll tell you what, if I only take the newspaper of the last week and I open it up, and I read a few of those things that's happening in Melbourne, in Australia, and all across the world, all I can tell you now, is lawlessness that is abounding. Lawlessness is abounding. I mean, now you can... Get in a car and you can hit somebody and hit and run and you can run away from the scene and nothing will happen to you. All you have to say to the judge is, "Oh, you know what? I was under ice. I had some drugs in my system." As if that is an excuse for killing another person, yet it's acceptable in our society today. You see, lawlessness is abounding, brother and sister. And while lawlessness abounding, our Lord Himself said to us this morning that the love of many will grow cold. The love of what? The love of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're living in times where people don't love our Lord Jesus Christ anymore. And that love grows colder and colder by the day. Because lawlessness abounds. So we can surely say this morning, that we're living in times of broken trust, isn't it? Broken trust. When that trust, that reliability has been broken, how do you build trust? You do something over and over again, and people start trusting in you. They trust that you're going to do the right thing. That's how you build trust. But then, one day, if you don't do it anymore, that trust is broken. Uh, do, do some of you feel like this sometimes? You do some of you feel like this? You see, all over the back there, there's some, there's some scissors in there, big knives in there, there's some needles in there, there's a lot of knives in there. And this guy says, Can't blame me for my trust issue. Why? Because, you know, I can't trust people in marriage. They, that trust has been broken. Broken. But I love this when I came across this. You see that? We all have been there, haven't we? We all have been little children with our fathers. I've heard a story about a man once and he got his little boy and put him up on on a high elevated area and he stood down there and he says come on jump, 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 jump I've got you, I've got you, jump and the little boy was standing there and he was going to jump and and then he held back and you know, you've all been there he's got to put all his trust in his father that his father's going to catch him and then I love it when it comes to this moment dear friends when that's the area of no return have you seen that? If you go there, then it's it. It's no way that you can then push back. He's lost control of his body at that stage when he gets to that point. And he waits for his father's loving arms to catch him. Now this father, he's got his boy up there and the moment the boy came to this point of no return and he jumped and his father stepped back and the boy hit the ground. And he says, Dad, why did you do that? It's so sore. And the Father said, "Is to teach you a lesson to trust nobody. That is absolutely terrible. I agree with you. That's not how we do things. You see, I've got three children. And all my three children, I went to them at this point in time. And I got them to stand up there. And you know what? I caught all three of them. I caught all three of them and today I would believe that if I as their father say to them in the time of trouble that you call me I will be there I believe they know and they trust that I will be there why because I've built that trust in them I caught them that day this is what we're talking about the trust of the Lord where do we go to for this trust we can go only one place. Psalm 118, verse 8. He said, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. The next verse says, in verse 9, he says, It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. He used two words that you see. The first one he says, In man, in general, and then he talks in princes. Now I need to take you back to when it was written. There was a notion back in the day that a prince can do more for you than an ordinary man. A prince can do more for you. Why? Because the prince is awaiting the kingdom. He's got a little bit more authority and power. And he says, you can't even trust in man nor in princes. This is what the psalmist say back in the day. And this is so true. This is so true. We can only trust in God. Now he's not saying that we should not absolutely trust in man. Because you say, wait a minute, what about people who get married? A husband and a wife, what do they do? They put trust in one another, isn't it? She puts so much trust in you that she gives up her last name and takes on your name. That's right. That's the trust that's built between two people. So when he talks about your not to lean on your own understanding. Now I want to go to Proverbs for the next few minutes and then talk about trusting in the Lord. And to do that, I want to start in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. I love the book of Proverbs. And for the next few weeks, and, and, and maybe next year, a few Sundays, I want to preach some inserts out of the book of Proverbs. Have you read the book of Proverbs? There is 31 proverbs or chapters in the book of Proverbs. If you read one chapter every day, you will fix the whole book of Proverbs in one month. And that will be good for you. So the man who wrote the most Proverbs in the book of Proverbs is a man by the, uh, uh, called Solomon. And he was a very wise man. Remember when God came to him and he said, You can choose anything. What did he choose? Wisdom. Wisdom. And what did God give him after wisdom? Everything else. And he writes down to us in the book of Proverbs a lot of wisdom. And how wonderful. I thought about it when I prepared for the sermon. How wonderful to think that there is a king. And, and if you want to have audience with a king, what do you do? You need to go and apply to have audience with a king. There's only a queen that we can think now is the queen of England. And now if you pick up the phone and you want to make an appointment with her, what's the chances of you going to see her? They're, they're going to go, Andre who? Well, Al- Andre Alexander, you're from Australia. Andre who? What are you? You have to be a dignitary. Or you had to do something really important to stand before a king or a queen. But how privileged are we this morning, brother and sister, to have an audience with a king? I'm not only talking about our Lord Jesus, but I'm talking about an earthly king which was appointed by God. Solomon. And you know what we have? We have an audience with him. He has actually sat down and he's written to you and to me what God gave him in wisdom. This is how I see it. So when I read these words, I can imagine myself sitting in a room in front of King Solomon and it's as if he's speaking these words to me. That's how wonderful it is. Let's go and see what it says in Proverbs chapter 3. He says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. When, When you read this, you've got to keep in mind, this is what he writes to a little boy who's growing into a man now. And he gives him instructions from chapter 1 right through. He gives this little boy instructions how to live a life acceptable to God. That is what Proverbs is all about. So when you read about it, he's going to warn him against a lot of dangers. And now in chapter 3, he says to him, do not forget my law. And this is it, my friends. We need to remember and keep our hearts to the things that's written in the law. What is the law? It is the Bible. When he spoke about the law back then it was the Torah, the first 5 books of the Bible. He said to him, "My son, do not forget it. Remember them. Keep them on your heart every single day. You shall do this. Do not forget it." Our hearts need to keep the commandments of God, not our heads. Did he say keep it in your head? So many people just copy the words like a parrot. Oh, I can copy and I can I can rephrase so many verses. No, no, that's good for the head, but you need to keep it in your heart. Now the question is, how do you get the Word of God from your head into your heart? First of all, you need to read the Word of God and then you need to apply it to your life. And that will start building trust in your life. In other words, you read a passage which says, this is how you need to operate when you come into a very difficult situation. What do you do next time? You trust the Lord. You say, Lord, that which I've read this week in your Bible, I'm going to do that. I'm going to trust you to do that. Now he says, but let your heart keep my commandments. In verse 2 he says, for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. You see, there's a benefit of not forgetting the law of God. There's a benefit of that. And it amazes me that people don't want to read the Word of God. They miss the benefit. What is the benefit? Right here, this king says to us, he says, for the length of days and long life and peace, they will add unto you. Who's looking for peace this morning? Where's the answer? It's right there. Now look at this now. Look at this. Don't get this He says that's length of days and long life. That looks like the same thing, isn't it? He says, I'm going to give you length of days and long life. What's he meaning there? Well, he means length of days and long lives. It means the years on the earth and life thereafter. So this, the one talks about your life that you live here, how old you get. Some people get up to 100 years old. And may God bless you if you do that. I'm only halfway there. But it says the length of days. So he's going to bless you while you're on this earth. But listen to this. If you keep those, it's or even beyond this life. Length of days, the capacity, the total life being of your soul. How wonderful is that? Have you ever imagined that? Have you ever thought about that? Length of days and long life, years on the earth and thereafter. Now verse 3 says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. One of the biggest things people want to do today is to please other people. It's to find favor, to please people, isn't it? And here he gives us a recipe how to do that. First of all, he says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. What is mercy? Mercy is a wonderful thing and I want to just dwell on this. Think about this now and think about your own life. Mercy is if somebody has done something wrong to you and you need to punish them. And you know what we want to do? If somebody do us wrong, the first thing we want to do is we want to punish them. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to punish you. Why? Because you've done me wrong. I've got my rights. Isn't that the thing that we hear these days? Well, I've got my rights and and I'm right now to be able to punish you because you've done me wrong. But what does forgiveness say? Forgiveness say I'm, I'm going to forgive you. I'm not going to punish you. You deserve the punishment. You were wrong, but now I'm not going to do that. That's what mercy is. Now listen, we know that God is merciful. Why? Because you and I deserve death, but what did He do? He forgave us. He said to you and to me, I forgive you. You, you were deserving death, and I'm not going to give you death. I'm going to give you life eternal. And here, now He turns it back to us. He says to us, he says here to this young man, he says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. In other words, have mercy. If you forgive somebody else, you know who's set free, you are set free. That is how forgiveness works. He says, have mercy on other people. If they do you wrong, turn the other cheek. Isn't that what Jesus said in the New Testament? Oh, but it's so hard to do, preacher. It is so You're not in my situation, and I know that. And you're absolutely right. But you know what he says here? If somebody badmouths you, if somebody gossip about you, give them mercy. Now, what will happen then? And truth. There's the other thing. It is like, it's like a necklace you wear. You bind it around your neck. And it's close to the heart's. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and so you will find favor and high esteem in the sight of who first? In the sight of God and in man. You see, the problem is people do not want to forgive, and they do not want to walk in the truth. They will tell lies to satisfy themselves and to defend themselves. And you know what? There's no high esteem esteem in the sight of God. If you want to have high esteem in the sight of God, let mercy be quickly. Forgive other people. You know what, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, they did to him what people didn't do to you yet. They put him on the cross, innocent. And you know what they did when they looked at him? They said, crucify him. He did nothing to them. But they were caught up in the moment, you know, they were caught up with all of His people and all of the filthiness of their heart came out and and there was ugliness coming over their lips and they said, crucify Him! And He could have hanged there and He could have said, Father, send 10,000 angels and they would have destroyed them all. He had the power! And friend, I'm telling you this morning, sometimes you have the power to destroy somebody else. And what He is saying to you this morning is, do not use that power to destroy, but use that power to build in love. Oh, but you don't know what they said. I know and I get it. But you don't know how Jesus Christ felt when He hung on the cross. And let me bring it home to you. The only thing, listen to me this morning, the only thing that stops you from being one of those people in the crowd that day is time. Because we all were sinners. And sinners is an enmity against God. And if you were able, don't stand here today and say, I would have never been part of that crowd. Maybe if you were living in that time, you would have been one of the ones standing in front and throwing the first stone and rock and say, go, Cru- Crucify Him. But you know, friends, we need to look at the cross with mercy. and We need to look at one another with mercy. I don't know why I'm dwelling on this point. I know I want to talk about trust. But friend, if you do not have mercy in your heart, trust is so far away from you. Because mercy, and if you do not have that, you will operate on feelings and emotions. He says it right here, this year, this Mercy and truth influence every part of our lives. It influence every single part. The next verse he says now, and this is our verse, he says in verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. This, apart from John chapter 3 verse 16, is one of the most verses by Christians today. This verse here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Oh, let me say that again. Do not be wise in your own eyes. We as parents sometimes want to tell that to our children, don't we? And we say, do not be wise in your own eyes. I've done it before and I know better than you. Isn't it all right? And what do the children do? They are wise in their own eyes. Let me flip the coin the lord stands there he's our father he turns to you and he says do not be wise in your own eyes and don't do that thing and what do we do we do it we are wise in our own eyes and what happens we come running back to him oh oh see how bad life is and he said but i told you not to do it isn't that what we do with our children do not be wise in your own eyes fear the lord and depart from evil and it will be health to your flesh And strength to your bones. Trust in the Lord. Now I need to say this to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart comes right after the verse that I've just explained to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you and bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Uh, It comes after. Trust in the Lord comes after that. Why do I say that? Because he's writing here to a man and a woman who trust in God a safe man he's not writing this to the world because the world will scoff at this he says trust in the lord with all of your heart and again i want to bring back our definition here trusting someone means that you think they are reliable would you say this morning that god is reliable what do you base it on let me bring it back to you how many promises have you made to people that you've broken i'm one of those i've broken promises i'm standing here i'm not on a high horse here sometimes i promised and i said i'm going to do it and then i've broken that promise what are you breaking down trust next time if you promise what are well, they going to say oh you haven't done it then i can't trust you anymore is that right but you know what the word of god says his promises are yea and amen and he has completed every single promise of his in your life he's reliable he's so reliable I mean, we all know that uh, Robin is making wonderful coffee, isn't it? She's got a nice coffee van just up the road. Now, if I turn up there one day, she's got a nice little sign up there and say, I need staff, want it? And I turn up there, man, I, I want to be, I want to come and work for you and she asks me the question, can you make coffee on this machine? I go, yeah, 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 I can make coffee on this machine. Does she trust me yet? No. What, do, what does she do? She says, come and make one cup of coffee. And she stands right over me, and there I go, and I go on, and I, where do you do this? And soon she will see I'm not able to do this. So in other words, I'm not reliable to do this. Is she going to, the next day, give me the keys and say, go on, you look after the place? No, she can't do that. Why? There's no trust there. Trust is small stepping stones that you build. First of all, when I make the first coffee and she tastes, she go, that's good. Now make a second one the First customer who walks up there, what happens? She gives me or gives me opportunity now to talk to the customer. I can't just come up there and say, Yeah, what do you want? Huh? What do you want? <laughs> no, I can make a good cup of coffee, but I'm rude to the customers, they won't come. Is that building trust? No, it's all of the above. No, when the first guy comes up in the nicest way, I've got hi, sir, how are you? Well, can I give you a nice cup of coffee? What coffee would you like? And then it builds into the next thing. Can I handle five people? You know, all of a sudden, five people walks in and I go, hey, see, a nice a black, long black for you. Here, yeah, what do you want? Just stand over there, man. Yeah, nice coffee there. You, you know, everything works towards small steps of building a trust in her to leave me one day and say, you know what, John, I think you can handle this place. That is trust. You say, why do you use that? Let me explain to you, friends. When you got saved, you start applying the Word of God small bits to your life. And you know what He does? He's always there. He's always there. You pray about something, you read in the Bible, it is according to God's will and it happens. And that builds trust in God. He's always there. I can tell you today in all of my life that I know the Lord. Since He saved my soul, things that I've prayed for over the years, things that I even just wanted... You know what? He is actually fulfilled every single dream of mine. And He can be trusted. So much more than man. He's reliable, and I have confidence in my Lord, and and I'm feeling physically and emotionally safe with Him. Now, contrast this with Proverbs 28, verse 26. He says, He who trusts in his own heart is a what? He's a fool. He who trusts in his own heart... But whoever walks wisely will be delivered. So you trust in God, but if you trust in your own heart, you're a fool. This is so much quoted by Christians. And and the thing is, dear friends, we need to understand the words. It's not only words that is written there. These words set the terms of what it means to live with God as an outset All of our commitments to Him, and through every step that we do, in everything we do in your walk, we must trust in Him. And you know what happens? This trust now grows. Like with Robin in a cafe, you know, the first one, the second one, the third day. And then after I worked there for six months, that trust has grown so much that there is no distrust in that anymore. And this is the trust that we have to have in Him. The trust in God with all of our heart and all of our understanding. You see, we are to trust Him alone and nobody else. And what will happen if we trust Him? I just want to touch on that. He will direct our footpaths. for us. He will show us where to go. And that is the best place you want to be in. Lord, where shall I go? What do I need to do? And He will direct you. He will bring health to your flesh. That's what it says it right there. He says, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your pathways. In all your ways acknowledge Him. Now you know I fly a lot. And I often come to the airport. And I stand there and you're just ready to go into the flight. Walked out of the lounge on the way to the gate. And the announcement comes. Ladies and gentlemen, flight VA336. So sorry to announce to you, but there's a delay. And then I stand over there at the gate. And I look at all the people. And we get impatient, don't we? And you know what I do? I walk to one side and I say, Lord, I want to acknowledge you in today what's happened at this gate. I'm going to trust in you, Lord. I just stand here on the side and I want to talk to you, Lord, and I want to say that I want to acknowledge you and I want you to direct my footpaths. Now, it might be a delay of two or three hours later on and you're so tired, but you know what, dear friend, you've trusted the Lord in all of your ways. And this is what we need to do in every single thing we do, in our choices, in our decisions, in our motives, our intentions. All of it must be directed to what God wants. That's how we ought to live. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Leave all of your uh, ways over to Him. I'll tell you one thing today. People are sitting today in positions they are sitting because of decisions and choices they've made yesterday. Is that right? You choose to be in the position you were. Nothing just happened to you by chance. You say, wait a minute, but when I came over and I did these things, there's a terrible thing that happened and now I've lost everything. Yes, but you decided to go into that position. Now, if you are happy with your decisions you've made and you're in a good place and God directed you, you'd be happy, you'd be joyful. But if you made those decisions on your own and you're in a position where you shouldn't be, you will be a miserable person. You, and you will blame others. This is so important to understand that we have to acknowledge God in every single thing that we do and he will direct our footpaths for us. Look at Nahum chapter 1 verse 7. He says, "The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him." So you go through a time of trouble, where do you go to? To the Lord. He says it right there. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And He knows those who trust in Him. He knows those. In the day of your trouble, and you cry out to Him, He knows you. It is so true. This is in your day of trouble that He knows you and He cares for you. We'll look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. He says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Cast your burdens, unto jesus he cares for you higher 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 higher. love jesus higher we sing the songs we know the words but are we doing it cast your burdens unto jesus in the day of trouble but it comes back to one thing my friend it is to trust in the lord with all of your heart all of your heart means all of your emotions everything leave it over to god And you know what? You will not fret. You know what fret means? You're getting a panic attack. what's going to happen? Remove you out of that situation by trusting in God. Just a few more before we pray. Psalm 32 verse 10. He says, Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. But he who trusts in the Lord, what will happen to him? Mercy shall surround him. You see, there's that word mercy again. Mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. You righteous and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. This is such a powerful scripture verse. Think about it. Many sorrows will follow the wicked. You say to me this morning, but I look at the wicked and it looks as if they are prospering. Yes, they they will come. But it's not for you and for me to sit and wait for the the day to come. We focus on God. And you know what we do? We trust in Him. These sorrows will come. But he who trusts in the Lord, again, if we put all our trust in Him, mercy shall surround Him. And again, we come back to that word mercy or forgiveness. If you trust in God... If things happen to you, you will forgive it. And you know what will happen? After that flows joy uh, and an upright of hearts. Isaiah chapter 26. Can somebody just quickly call Leonie? I think. i Yeah, please, Carl. Okay, just let her know. I'm, I'm, I'm at my last verse. So Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace. Again, I've asked you this morning, who's looking for peace? And he says it right here now. He says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Who will have perfect peace? The one whose mind is stayed on God, on Jesus. He will have perfect peace. Why? Because he trusts in you, the trust of the Lord forever. For Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. Everlasting strength. So again, I bring you back to our verse this morning. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart means every single capacity that you have. In your, your mind, your heart, your emotions, every single you do. And lean not on your own understanding. The word therefore for trusting on God is, is, I want you to picture this. It's, it's a man and there's a small little baby that clutches around the Father and hanging on him. That's the trust and lean is you leaning on something but i would rather trust in god and grab onto him and not on my own understanding and he will give us peace and perfect rest one verse that just comes to mind in uh in john chapter 14 in verse 25 he says these things i've spoken to you while being present with you you see when Jesus was with them, they trusted him. Why? Because they could see him. They could touch him. John says this to us in, in the letters. He says, I've seen him, I've beheld him, and I've listened to him. So you can trust something that you see. And here he says now, But the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and brings you to remembrance all things that I've said to you. The problem here for them was that Jesus was telling them that he was going to depart, he was going to die and he said to them he said to them it's better for you that I die and go away because what will happen the Holy Spirit will come now here's the thing friends and I'll leave you with this thought we trust something we see but we can't see God but yet we trust him that is called faith we trust him who we don't see and he gives us peace Listen to what Jesus said to them then verse 27, John 14, 27. He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You've heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. So here it is. Jesus Christ, He says, my peace I will leave unto you. But friends, they first had to know Him, to be able to trust Him, to be able to go into that peace. How do you know God this morning? Do you trust Him? Put all your trust in Him. And in all your ways, give acknowledgement to Him. Like He says there, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. It is about trust, Father, and we can talk so much about trusting.